1: It's 5.30, normally Scott and Robin are here a little bit ahead of me, and they weren't here, and I'm by myself, and you know how the enemy goes, well, you're going to finish this one by yourself, and I was like, no, I'm not, Jesus was waiting on me when I walked through, amen, and I started praying, I started feeling the love of God, and then I heard a knock at the door, and I I don't have a way of uh, liking opening the door to to strange knocks when I'm here by myself, you know, and and it's early in the morning, and and, and I hear it, then it turns into a pounding on the door, you know, and I was like, well, if somebody wants to pray that bad, uh, I want to go back. That way, And I, I went back there, and Eric was back there and just just, "Hey, let me in, you know and, and so I came to the door, he's got this big old smile on his face, and of course, I was so thankful I wasn't going to be alone. And then I started seeing the lights pull in, and the lights pull in, and I said, "Praise God, God has infected us with a desire for prayer, and, and, and I don't want to get well from that. Amen. I want it to stay in who we are. And so today, as this 100 days comes to an end, I want to bring you a message today entitled101." 101. And the passage that I'm going to bring to you, uh, 101 the process, is in Leviticus chapter 23 and verse number 33. Leviticus chapter 23, verse number uh, 33. Father, before I read this today, I pray you'll speak to us. God, I pray that your your holy anointing will just give us clarity and help us to see what it is you want us to, to glean from this time. Lord, I thank you for what I feel in this place. Come on, church, I want you to open your hearts to God right now. Just, say, just, just pray that with me. Lord, I open my heart to your word. Change me. Change who I am for your glory. Come on, let's pray that together. Lord, I open my heart for your word. Change me. Change me for your glory, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Leviticus chapter number 23, verse number 33 says this, And the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel begin celebrating the festival of shelters on the 15th day of the appointed month, five days after the day of atonement. No amens for this powerful scripture so far? You're looking at me like, like Pastor, when I start reading the Bible from cover to cover and I get to Leviticus, it's like somebody's pulling teeth out of my head. Can I get an amen? Amen. Many people's desire to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation gets killed by Leviticus. All right. And so when you get to Leviticus and here's a very, I mean, I've been, I've been fired up about this verse. I've been so excited. The staff have had to hear me talking about it because I'm like, wow, what an awesome verse. And you're going, we don't see it, pastor. Let me read. Give, uh, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. We're down about the part where it says the five days after the day of atonement says the festival to the Lord will last for seven days on the first day of the festival. You must proclaim an official day for a holy assembly. When you do no ordinary work. Can I at least get an amen for a day off? Come on now. Amen. For seven days, you must present special gifts to the Lord. The eighth day is another holy day on which you present your special gifts to the Lord. This will be, notice this, this will be a solemn occasion and no ordinary work may be done that day. What a powerful verse. Amen. That you shall have a feast. And you shall have seven days of feast. I mean, if somebody gives you permission to eat for seven days, imagine Thanksgiving seven days in a row. You should be shouting in this place. Amen. I mean, that's awesome. But there's greater depth to this passage than this. There's greater truth here. And I want to put it into context so you can see why I'm so excited about this passage this morning so you can understand what this passage can mean for you. As strange as this passage may sound, this passage is a command of God to the Israelites to establish a feast. Actually, the whole chapter is addressing different feasts. In this passage, God is giving clear instructions concerning one specific feast, and that is the Feast of Booths, Tabernacles, or Shelters. During a seven-day period every year, the Israelites were commanded to build makeshift shelters and to live in them for one week. The command was to help them remember how God had brought them out of Egypt and safely brought them into the land of his promise. How many know God can bring you out of bondage and bring you safely to the land of his promise? Amen. And so they were commanded to go outside. Now, how many of you were in a subdivision last night that was descended upon by hordes of people? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, I I got to see something I've never seen before. I I mean, I live on a horse farm, you know, and down a dirt road, and and people are they're afraid to come to my house, amen, But uh, you know, when you when you when you walk into this subdivision, there are. Thousands of people up and down the streets, and trucks and cars, and and the whole subdivision has come out and sitting on their their driveways, and there's fires everywhere. That just begins to put into perspective what God commanded the children of Israel here. He said, for one week every year, I want everybody to move out of your house and put a tent up in your yard, and I want you to live in your yard for a week. How many of you would love to live with your neighbors for a week in your yard? Come on now, amen. Some of you, how many of you like to live in your yard as long as your neighbors aren't there? are right, a little bit favorable, amen. But you come outside and you have a block party basically for a week. You have this this time and so God is establishing this and then he says something. He says, you're going to honor me during this time and I'm going to do some stuff in your life. But he says, I also want to tell you about the day that you move back inside. Now, this is very important for us today. God says, I want to tell you about the day that when the time you have had set aside to me comes to an end, I want you to also give me the day you go home. I want you to give me the day that everything is supposed to be going back to normal. You see, the Jewish rabbis, I believe, describe this a a little bit more effectively, and this is is their words this morning. They describe it this way. The reason God wants the eighth day is, is that this is the way that God is saying, I have enjoyed our time together. It's the way that God is saying, give me just one more day before you return to your normal life. They said this is the way that God is saying, you know, between the Feast of Tabernacles and Passover is a long period of time. And God says, I know that you're going to forget what I've done in you. I know that you're going to start getting busy again. I know that the time you've carved out and and you've had out here outside your home and you've remembered what I've done for you. I know that you've learned something during this time. And God says, on the day you go back home, will you make more time for me? Will you make another opportunity for me? Will you invite me into your normal life? And why is this important for us as a church? Why is it significant for us? Because over the last 100 days, we as a church family have been moving through a time of asking God to change the norm of our life. We've been inviting God into our lives and we've been having prayer right in the center of our church and prayer right in the center of our families Let me just testify for a moment. During the last 100 days, there have been thousands of hours of prayer. People have called out to God, literally thousands of hours of prayer. There have been hundreds of people who have never really prayed before who have given prayer a a chance. And I celebrate that this morning. As a matter of fact, I celebrate those who prayed the entire 100 days. Come on, let's celebrate them. Amen. But let me remind you of a promise that Pastor Danny brought to my mind about the great man who went out and he invited the people to work in the field and some went the entire time and worked in the field and then some showed up at the last moment and joined in and worked and he paid them the same. So I also celebrate those who stepped up to prayer for the first time and maybe prayed this those 633 minutes with us this week. Let's celebrate those this morning also, amen. Because God's reward is a good reward for all who call upon his name. And I celebrate what God has done in the last 100 days. And now, even as it seems like it's come to a close in our lives, our broadcasting schedule is just now about to launch 100 days to literally millions of people as we're encouraging people to cry out to God in prayer. I am so excited about what God is going to do through this because I believe that if we begin to pray as a nation, if we begin to pray as a people, that the weapon of our warfare is mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And God's going to do something as people know how to call upon the name of Jesus Christ amen but as this 100 days comes to a close I have to ask you can you hear God can you hear him can you hear him say I have enjoyed our time together I have enjoyed the way you've made time for me in prayer will you make time just another day now that the hundred days is over, will you give me another day? Will you make prayer a part of your normal Life, Will you bring me into your life? I cannot begin to tell you how proud I have been of people. How I've seen people that that have never been in a prayer meeting come to a prayer meeting. How I've seen people that know God has a call on their life begin to pray again. How I've seen people that that literally are going through hell. I saw one young person that's living through a struggle that he should not have to be going through. But yet he made his way here to this house and he's trusting God to move for him. I celebrate that, but I can hear the Spirit of God saying, don't stop here. Why? Because God has only begun the good work in us. God has begun a work in our church, but we are not there yet. The relationship that God wants with us is still just something that we can begin to imagine. But we have made progress that is invigorating and is building our faith There have been answered prayers, and some answers are still in the progress. So there's still room to pray. There's still a need. This 100 days of prayer has been a time of laying the foundation for a lifestyle of prayer. It's time for us to make prayer a part of our normal lives outside of the set days. It's time for us to begin to realize that God's wanting to do something amazing. Let me declare that over you. And this is what I declared uh, over and over again this morning in my spirit. and I've declared it in the services. The word of God says that God is not mocked. What a man sows, that shall he reap. And God has saw the hearts of our people as they've cried out to God. As you've bowed in your homes, as you've cleaned out your closets, as your war rooms are becoming places that he can move for you. And God is not mocked. God will not let a moment like this pass by. But what I don't want is for us to reap a harvest that comes to an end. I want us to plant our feet and say, God, we have found a resource and we will not abandon it. We will take you into our normal lives. Amen. Amen. You see, that's why sometimes your prayers are not yet answered. Because unanswered prayers is what calls us to need faith. And faith is what drives us forward. You see the waiting for the answered prayer, the waiting for the prayer is where most people give up. When we wait it's where most people fail, and I want you to understand this simple truth: if all your prayers were answered, if all your prayers were answered, then you would begin to cherish the power of prayer over the power of Jesus. Simple truth, I want you to get it. If all your prayers were answered, you would prefer the power of prayer over the power of Jesus. And this is what you probably would do, exactly what I would do. You would try to figure out exactly what words you said and you would write them down. And then you would wear the same clothes. Sounds a lot like religion, doesn't it? I'm meddling now, aren't I? I'm sorry. It sounds like because we bow a certain way or we sing a certain song hoping we'd feel a certain feeling or we do a certain thing because we know that somehow we tapped into something before. But you see, I'm not looking to what I found before. I'm looking for God. I'm looking for the one who answers prayers. I'm looking for the one who's able. I'm looking for the one who's faithful. And so I don't praise prayer, but I thank God for prayer because it reminds me of who power comes from and his name is higher than any other name. As a matter of fact, I just want to stop for a moment and declare that I have called on a name who is able and his name is precious and his name is great and his name is Jesus, the answer to every prayer, amen. But when my prayers aren't answered and just because there's a delay, I can't stop believing. I've got to invite God to continue forward with me. A verse that many people have shared with me for some reason during these 100 days, I mean, totally random people have shared Joshua 1.3. It says this, I promise you what I promised Moses. I love that because what it says is, I've already done it for one. I can do it for you. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. Wherever you set your foot, God has a promise. And God has a fulfillment of that promise. I thought about who he was talking to in this verse. He was talking to Joshua. Joshua. And ultimately, Joshua would possess the promise. Ultimately, Joshua would receive what God had in store for him. Ultimately, Joshua would be blessed on every side. But until the blessing came, Joshua had to go through something. As a matter of fact, there was a whole lot of stuff that happened. That's a spiritual word. Can you say that word with me? Stuff. Deeply spiritual word. None of you face stuff. Nobody came in here with a whole bunch of stuff that tried to prevent you from lifting up your praise. Nobody's got a whole bunch of stuff that you don't want other people to find out about your stuff. Can I get an amen? A whole lot of stuff. Happened along the way. Joshua faced defeat at Ahai. Joshua went through long marches. There was much planning. People fought each other and the enemy. There was anxiety. There was uncertainty. There was exhaustion. There was change and there was sacrifice. And do you know what those stuff are called? Those things are called the process. The process. But between prayer and the answer to prayer is a place called the process between the promise of God and then the place that faith has to come into play because faith is not about affecting God. Faith is about changing us. Faith is about the process that God brings us into so that when he answers the prayer, we can be faithful with the answer because without the process, there is no progress. Until we can endure the pain of the process, we will never receive the promise. The process causes us to stop looking at the now and to start looking toward the answer. It may seem impossible now, but we must keep praying. Right. Let me just share this simple truth. Every tree was once a seed. And during prayer, we protect the seed of faith while it takes root in our lives. Yeah. Now, what happens when you pray and you, say, you pray a prayer like this? You say, God... I want my children to love you, but while you're praying the prayer, all you can do is hear them killing each other in the background. Can I get an amen? You see, faith kicks in. I call them blessed, Lord. Lord, you better bless them. I'm about to really bless them, Jesus. Amen. Come on. And faith kicks in. Because we are not raising a defeated people. We are raising a holy nation. We are raising a people who are the royal priesthood of God, who will be zealous of good works. And we don't back down just because we see them making the mistakes we've tried to prevent them from making. We plant our feet, and we cry out to a God who is able. And we begin to declare, you are able, and you are faithful, and God, they will love you. And we keep praying. What happens when you pray a prayer like I prayed? Lord, help me get my my body into line and get my body into shape what happens with that faith is what helps you to push back. I'm going to tell you folks, I tell people, I said, my, my people love a fat preacher. I'm serious. Y'all laughed more a hundred pounds ago when I said something like that. Amen. But I said, my people love a fat preacher. Let me tell you why. Because this week alone, I have received cakes, pies, and brownies. And, and there's a cheesecake somewhere, Christina just told me. Come on now. Amen. And and, and there's about four blocks of cheese that somebody brought me. Come on. I'm telling you, you love a fat preacher around here. Amen. And I can't hurt your feelings. I got to try it. Come on. That's my rationale. But it's faith in what I'm asking God to do in my life that keeps me from getting stressed and eating half of it. Somebody brought me a pie this week. I could have eaten all of it in one sitting. But I said, I'm not going to lose The progress that I've made through this process. And you see, when you're praying, faith is what helps you through the process. Am I making sense to anybody today? You see, I want you to gain strength if you're waiting for an answer from a, a great, great story from the Bible. There in the scripture, there's Elijah. And Elijah has called fire down from heaven. God's done unbelievable things. There's been a drought for three and a half years because Elijah asked God for a drought. One day, God tells Elijah the time's through, the drought's over, and so he goes and tells the king, get ready for rain, and Elijah marches back up the mountain, he gets on his knees, and he begins to cry out to God, and he says, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain, God, let it rain, I'm trusting you that you're going to fulfill your promise, I'm trusting you, somebody needs to learn to pray that way here this morning, you need to start beginning to pray that way, instead of going, oh God, please, 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 you need to begin to declare, God, you said my children shall serve you, God, you said we shall walk in power, you said you would pour out your Holy Spirit, and God, I'm trusting your word, and he's praying, and he's praying, and he's praying. So here's the story. Many of you, many of you may have never heard this story before. But what he does is, is, is there's a, there's a sign that it shows up. But they have to keep looking for the sign over and over again. For those of you who know the story, I was wondering if, is there anybody would who would know how many times that Elijah went and looked for a cloud in the sky? That's what everybody says that Elijah went and looked seven times for a cloud in the sky. And I want you to understand that that's 100% wrong. But thank you for speaking out anyways. Because Elijah did not look once. Elijah never stopped praying to waste time looking for the answer. And I feel the Holy Spirit in what I'm telling you right now. You see, most of us, we ask God for something and then we want to go, okay, okay, God, where do I go now? Where do I go now? Where do I go now? And God says, no, 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 get back on your knees. Get right with me because the process I'm going to do in you is what's going to bring you through. And you see, Elijah did not stop praying. Elijah simply said to his servant, go look. And he kept praying. And the servant went out. And I just loved his servant. I mean, most people, uh, Gehazi is, is Elijah's main servant. He comes back, Gehazi comes back to him. And, you know, he could have been a little bit positive. He says, he could have said, well, there's a breeze out there. But he listened and said, there's nothing happening. There's nothing You got anybody that speaks like that into your life? Come on now. Amen. There's nothing happened. And and Elijah, he looks up and he's okay. And he keeps praying. And he keeps praying. And he keeps praying. Why? Because he wasn't going to allow the fact that he didn't see anything changing uh, around him to stop the prayers to the God who was able to change everything around him. And I want you to get that. Did you catch that this morning? I don't want you to miss that. You cannot allow the fact that nothing's changing around you to stop you from calling out to a God who can change everything around you. You must get that promise because God is able. His prayer was not answered yet. Some of us have offered up prayers to God during these past days that have not been answered yet. How do we proceed? We do exactly what Elijah did. We keep praying we keep praying until what we see around us begins to line up with what god has promised us we remember 2 corinthians chapter 5 verse number 7 that says we live by believing and not by seeing we walk by faith and not by sight and as we walk forward saying god i know they're saying this but your promise says this and their words will pass away but heaven and earth will pass away before your words ever pass away let me tell you something some of you feel like you've blown it some of you feel like you've messed up, and somehow you've ruined God's promises. When God made the promise to you, he had already died for your sins, and he still gave you the promise, and he's still able to do his work inside of you. Amen. I'm trying to behave, but I just can't. So what happened when Elijah sent him out the seventh time, and he comes back and says, what happens? What happens? Elijah, as he sends him out the seventh time, and the man comes in and he says, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand in the horizon. A couple of things God showed me about that. First off, if you can see something that big way out in the horizon, it's bigger than you think. And your answer that's coming towards you is going to be greater than you think. Because God's promise is more than you expected when you begin to walk in it. Amen. How many of you received that this morning? Amen. Amen. God wants you to get that. But I love what Elijah did. Immediately, the Bible says, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 44, said, then Elijah shouted. He shouted. He wasn't passive about it. He jumped on it. He leapt in faith. And he said, hurry. Hurry to Ahab. Tell him, climb into your chariot. Go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. In other words, he didn't say, well, let's pray for more clouds. He said, no, no, no. I see God moving, and I'm going to start moving on God's moving. I'm going to start walking forward. And I'm going to trust God. I believe what I've come to tell you today. Keep praying. What do you do on the 101st day? You keep praying. God didn't start a work in you for you to lose it when you pack up the camping gear, when your alarm's not set for 5.30 in the morning. I've just got to, I just wonder how many people are going to be here at 5.30 in the morning, amen, or six. How many people are going to still get out of their bed and say, I'm not backing down, I'm not going back, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep calling God. Stand with me. You see, the ability to continue in prayer requires faith. We keep going back time and time again. Notice what Elijah did. Elijah made a big deal out of a small beginning. Some of you are asking God to do something big, and he's starting small. It's time for you to make a big deal out of a small beginning. Some of you are asking God for some amazing things. You're like, God, I need you to do this and do this and do this. And you've asked him for little things. And I want you to learn a simple principle of this. This is a very simple principle. God wants you to get this. Until you're faithful over the little things, he won't give you much. You know, I talked to you last week about a simple prayer of, Lord, help me find a better parking place. I can just imagine if you learn this principle I'm trying to teach you right now, people are going to be at Walmart going, hallelujah, glory to God, glory to God. Why? Because you're going to honor God over the simple answered prayers. And I'm just going to be so thankful The Walmart people are going to be like, there's another War Hill person, there's another War Hill person, amen. Why? Because if you start thanking God for the little answered prayers, you start thanking God for getting you where you're going. You start thanking God for what he's doing. It creates an attitude of gratitude in your life. And that begins to help you begin to see what God's doing. And the problem sometimes is we don't realize the power that discouragement has over our thinking and over our prayer and over our faith. But instead, we ought to be building ourselves up saying, God, I thank you for what you've done. And because you did this, I know you can do that. And I'm going to keep moving forward. Amen. Maybe you've got a family member that's far away from God. It's time for you. It's time for you to stop trying to drag them to the altar and start thanking God for the small steps. See what God can do. Hold on. Hold on to the small steps until God blesses them. Bow your heads with me in this place. Can you hear him this morning? Pass my words. Can you hear him? I can hear him. It's like I can hear him saying, as I wrote these words, it's like, we have come so far together. Will you give me another day? Will you give me another moment? Can you hear him say, I promise you that if you'll make me your normal, you will never regret it. With everyone praying, if you're here today and you say, there's a whole lot of days in my life that I didn't give God and I regret, I want to see your hand if that's you. The majority of people here, and all the honest people, put your hands down. The majority of our life that we've taken days back from him, we've learned to regret. But not one day, I feel the Holy Spirit when what I'm about to say you, not one day that we have offered him have I ever seen anybody regret. One moment, one moment in his presence, it's better, it's better, it's better. here today, asking you, asking you, if you're here and you say, Pastor Don, there's something in my life, there's an unanswered prayer that I hear God calling me to stay faithful for, to believe Him for. I want to see your hand if that's you. Just hold it up. I don't want you to put it down. Hold it up. I want to pray over you. Hold it up high. I'm praying with you. My hand's up with you. Spirit of the living God, who is likened unto our God? There is none. Who is able to meet these needs like our God? There is none. I declare over them, your hand is not shortened and your ear is not deaf. Lord, you hear them and you are able. I declare, God, as they make this commitment, I will take this prayer into the next day. And I will take this prayer and they they join with me. I've been believing for healing for my family. God, they declare, though we have not seen it, yet we will still declare that God is able and God is faithful. And we will keep our eyes on the answer while you're moving for the answer of the promise in our lives. Father, you see every hand, every broken family that can be restored, every broken heart that can be mended, every hope that springs forth again. For great is our God and mighty is our King. In Jesus' name. You can put those down. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment. Maybe you're here today. to join some that have already this morning. Said, I want to be the answer to somebody's prayer. You know somebody's praying for you. And your life's not in line with God's plan for you, your life. And you know somebody's praying, and today you're willing to say, I will line my life up and get in the process. I will get in the process of faith. Though I don't see everything that's going to happen, I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to get in the process. If that's you, if you know somebody's praying for you, and you're willing to commit today to get right in the process, I want to see your hand if that's you. Hands going up all over this place. God's going to to answer prayer through me. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hands down. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment, but I want to ask you, maybe you're hearing you say, Pastor Don, not only have my loved ones prayed for me, maybe nobody's prayed for you, but Jesus prayed for you because he wants you to know him and he wants to be the answer to your cry and you can be the answer to his cry when he said it is finished, that he wanted to do everything in you that needed to be done to make you who he's called you to be. God's child. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you've not been living to, as Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and you want to make things right with God right now, I'm not going to embarrass you any more than anybody else that's raised their hand, but I want to pray with you. If that's you today, would you say, Pastor, I want God to change my life. I want to dedicate my life completely to Jesus Christ. Put your hand straight up there. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God's been changing lives this morning. People have been giving their lives to Christ around here today. Are there others in this service today? This is your moment to become an answer to prayer. I'm just holding on. You're going, Pastor, you're waiting for somebody. Yes, I am. This is what we're about. We're about you getting right with Jesus Christ. I'm not judging you. I'm asking you. I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you. See, I've not embarrassed anybody today. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm asking again today, will you be the answer of prayer today? Make things right with Jesus. Join hands with someone near you. Father God, you see these that have raised their hand today. God, they know that they've not been in the process right. They know. God just arrested my prayer. Somebody needs to know that God's going to answer the prayers that have been prayed. God's going to move. And the reason you feel what you feel in your heart, the reason you feel it in your life now, and you even, the devil's trying to tell you, I picked you out and pulled you out. No, sir. is because God's moving to answer those prayers. People have, people that love him, that are effective prayer warriors are calling out to God for you. Shh. Keep praying. I'm going to finish that prayer in just a moment. but If you're here, God stop that because you know God's talking about you with every head bowed and every eye closed because if that's you because you're holding hands, I want you to look at me just as plain with eyes wide open so I know to pray for you God's speaking to you yes, yes I see you, I see you God stop this service for you for you for you God stop this service for you Father God you see these right now And they're saying, I know God. God is arresting this service for me. Lord, we're going to pray this prayer of faith with them. Those that you are moving that are your children, you're moving them into the process, and they're going to line up, and they're going to see miracles. And the greatest miracle is about to happen as these confess you as Savior. In Jesus' name. There's going to be some serious rededication going on right now and some I've never prayed with before. I want you to pray this prayer in faith with me. The Bible says we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Christ from the dead, we would be born again. Let's pray this prayer together now. Jesus, Jesus, by faith, I believe your word. And now I repent of my sins. Father, you see my past, my present, and my future. I give it all to you in Jesus name I am forgiven in Jesus name God is my father heaven is my home and Jesus is my savior amen and amen come on give God a praise this morning hallelujah hallelujah come on give God some praise hallelujah amen